Well, tonight we have a very, very special uh, woman speaking tonight, and, uh, and I just want to recognize her and, um, and bless her. Um, there's not enough that can be said about, about Eva, and, and a lot of the, the things that you've heard me speak and that I've been able to share and that Holy Spirit has spoken through me, the confidence in that and, and who I am and, and the, the, that whatever you want to call it all comes from her. Um, and that's because she is, she, we are one in this. And like I said on Sunday, you know, she is, she's one that's going to stay up with me at night and pray over me and, and, um, and go over things with me and, and let me share my heart with her and just support me in everything I do. She's always been that. And she is an absolute as air connecto to me. And I, and I love her so much. And so I'm excited for her. I'm excited to hear from her tonight. And we love you ever, Eva. <laughs> Well, I'll just first start saying by saying that I do not, I'm not hungry to be up here ever. <laughs> just so you guys know, I, this is, I'm not doing this because I was like, Mark, let me speak. Like, I don't want that. I just, I told him from the beginning when this, when this uh, new chapter of our life started, I said, I'm willing. If you need me, I'm willing. But I don't ever, don't ever think I'm trying to be up here so that's kind of he asked me this this month was shorter and so you know he was like well would you fill in and I was like yes but then I was like give me a second to think about it <laughs> if I even have anything to say and tonight's just basically going to be what Yahweh is doing in me that's the only story I have um, I don't have like some ridiculous revelation for you or anything like that but it's just what's guided me through my life and um and how I got here kind of so um you know, I just want to say in that, in that song today, or tonight, when it's like your banner over me is love, I just kept hearing, like from Yahweh, I'm going to love you whether today goes, tonight goes good or tonight goes bad. And I'm just so thankful that I don't have to impress him or, or do anything. I, I just, I'm here, and I've I spoken over myself so many times today. Yahweh, your words be spoken through me. You take over and say whatever you need these people to hear. So um, that kind of takes the pressure off me a little bit. So, but um, basically, being in this house, um, and I've wondered so many times, why, why am I here? Not in a bad way, but in a good way. Like, Yahweh, why was I chosen? I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm, I'm from Poland. My family, first generation, they immigrated, me as a baby. And, you know, our story, we were moved so many times because to get out of communism, you had to, well, they applied for work visa to get into Germany, and that was, you know, you had to do everything legally, but still still saying, like, you know, we're going to come back, but they never did. <laughs> you know, because everything was a process. They knew they wanted to get out, but it wasn't like Panama City, Florida was on their, on their radar. They didn't even know that Panama City, Florida existed, and I just always asked myself, like, why, Yahweh, why did you choose choose me to come here. Like, why am, why? You know, and this was before even this role. This was whenever I first started having a relationship with Yahweh. I, I questioned, you know, like, what is it? And, um, and then especially when I got into this role, like, Yahweh, you're amazing, but I'm so unworthy of this. Like, I, I'm so unworthy to, to know you and to, to be in this role. And um, I just kind of, I don't know, this, the only things I can gather from why, why, possibly I have gotten to this place of knowing Yahweh, of being in a relationship with him. There's a few things, and that's, I was just going to start there, so people kind of know, 
know my story, know my heart. Um, so, like I said, my parents immigrated uh, to Germany. I was born in Germany. My mom was pregnant when they left. Um, you know, I grew up hearing Polish in the house, German all around. And then when I was a year and a half old, they moved to Canada. You had to get sponsored. The reason why Canada is Canada was easier to get into than the United States. So you had to have a sponsor in Canada. So they kind of, you know, pen paled with other Polish people. And the, the sponsors basically said, um, this is not on my notes at all, <laughs> but the sponsors basically said, um, we know them, they're going to be workers, they're going to be assets to the community and not, not go on welfare, basically. And so that way they're, you're accountable. So we got that, then they moved, we all moved over. And um, from that, I don't know if, See, I don't know what people know about me or not. My dad's a physician, so during the time, or doctor, however you want to say it, but during the time um, that all these things were happening, he couldn't work because you have to have a license in every country. So when we got to Canada, you know, he'd work whatever jobs. He was like a phlebotomist. He worked as a tech in a nursing home. You know, everything he could, because he had to save money to be able to take the exams and to be licensed. So... We lived in Canada for a little while, and we applied for citizenship there because if the, ultimately they wanted to be in the States. They knew that the United States was like the dreamland. Like, if we could just get there, our lives would be a million times better. And so, but Canada is a good second. So it was like they, um, and it was easier to get a citizenship. I don't know if I said that. So we got a citizenship there after a couple of years and then we started the move. And when we moved, it was, you know, every couple of years we had to follow where the jobs were. Dad had to have a residency. He had to have exams. He had to have all this kind of stuff. And so we just uprooted and kept moving and uprooted and kept moving and all this kind of stuff. And um, we ended up in Bonifay, Florida for three years because dad needed to work in a rural community. And they just literally, they sent out like hundreds of applications and the ones that they got back, they just kind of looked at a map where, where are these locations, you know? And they're like, oh, Bonifay, that's kind of close to, to the beach. Let's pick that one, you know? And so then after that, then we, um, you know, Bonifay was a little bit too small of a town for, for my family. And so we just moved to Panama City was a close, close by. So that's how we ended up here. Now, that's just physically how that happened, but I have always asked, you always, like, spiritually, why, you know, why were we taken all the way from Europe, from Eastern Europe, for me to land in this house and get to know you? It's just an amazing, beautiful thing to me. So, um, so that's that part. But um, my, the first thing that, that always comes to my mind whenever I think about that is my grandmother, my mom's mom, Babcha Mila, Babcha's grandmother, and Mila is her name, and she has been such a woman of prayer. She, I've watched her pray every single morning and every single night, and I know she prays for me every single day, and the, the, what's beautiful about it is she's gone through the world wars. She's been driven out in the middle of the night right before Christmas, knocks on her door, everybody get out, get in the train, load up, we're taking you out. And, you know, along that train ride, it's, you know, the middle of winter. They make stops every day to just unload the dead. Everybody under two died. No survivors. 
Um, and I, when I heard that, I was like, did the moms, could they not nurse? And, and the moms dried up. There was no food for the moms, so the moms couldn't feed the babies. All the babies died. They just unloaded them. Um, the stories that she has, they were on this tiny raft on this very turbulent river. Person falls off. They try to save them. They can't. They keep going. As a young girl, she witnessed all this kind of stuff. You know, that the World War, even though, you know, it was directed towards the Jews, it affected everybody. Nobody, if you were there, you didn't get a pass. You were affected by it. Uh, you know, everybody in my family, everybody. And so, but she has seen all of these horrors all of these terrible things have happened, and never once has she doubted Yahweh, and never once has she resented him, never once has she blamed him. And I just, I feel like that almost paved the way, that generational significance of honoring him and praying every day kind of helped make a path for me. I don't, I don't know any other way around it. So, um, oh yeah, starvation. They were boiling grass to try to eat that, I remember her telling me. She doesn't talk about it that much. I wish that she would write something down, but she did tell me one time they were so hungry, and she somehow got, I don't know how, I don't picture this in my mind, but somehow they got um, a little bit of bread, and she ran to try to give it to her family, to share with her family, once they were off the train and stuff, and they were just kind of left for dead, and um, she said that this dog came up and took it from her while she had it behind her back and ate it, and I told her, I said, that's so sad, it makes me sad, because of course, little girl, and she said, ah, don't worry, we caught him when we ate him later. <laughs> so, just horrible, but she had to do what she had to do. You know, she had that survivor mentality. It was all good. You, you'll never hear her complain. Even when she tells those stories, she'll never say how horrible it was. You just kind of hear the stories and piece them together how horrible it was. You know, she just, you know, anyway, so she was amazing. And so prayer I just, I, I know that sometimes we've, we talk about so much about praying in the spirit that sometimes just regular prayer gets, you know, by the wayside, but I just say, don't underestimate the power of prayer. You know, Yeshua himself prayed all the time in understanding too. I mean, don't forsake praying in tongues. I think that's very important for all of us to continue on, but just having a heart of prayer, you know, acknowledging, interceding for people, like how thankful am I that she interceded for me all the days of my life? And, you know, all the people, Mimi, you know, Ellen, knowing that there are people, my mom, knowing that there are people in your life that are praying for you, for you is so vital. And I think that if you can be that person for somebody else, it's just a beautiful thing. So don't, don't underestimate what that can do in somebody's life. And um, the next thing that I um, remember kind of opening my eyes to there being more to just God as I, as I was taught, because I grew up Catholic. There was, it was mass, and it was about being a good person, but there was never this, like, you can actually have a relationship you can actually, there's more to discover. There's mysteries to uncover. You know, there's all, there was never any of that. So, um, but I remember my mom telling me stories of um, kind of supernatural things happening to her. And she didn't even, she didn't even know to put Yahweh's stamp on that. If, is that, if that's like crazy to us, because it's so obvious, like, yeah, Yahweh did that. But the way that we were kind of raised, it's, that wasn't so obvious. You just think, wow, that was weird. That was a weird coincidence or whatever, you know. But one of the stories she told me, so she had, um, she went to college for Russian literature is her major, and she got her master's in that. And she was part of this competition. She was very good. She had no accent in Russian. She could speak fluently. And what was I going with that? Oh, okay. So she had, she had, went, entered in this, into this competition, 
and she ended up placing ninth in all of Poland for that. And it was a big deal. You had to study these huge literature books like in, in Russian, and they would ask you questions from that, and you had to say all this kind of stuff. Well, all of these girls that were in her dorm were freaking out about it, just very anxious, studying, trying to get as much as they could, you know, before the exam the next day. And they said, why aren't you studying? And she said, I know all the questions I'm going to be asked. Like Yahweh showed her the questions she was going to be asked the day before. She knew every single one, and she got those exact questions. And so whenever, you know, just, just being a little girl and hearing these kind of things, I was like, you know, it gets you starting to think. And it was just Yahweh almost leading me into the prophetic before I even knew there was really such a thing as a prophetic, you know. Another story that she told me was um, there was this uh, older lady and see, they called her a fortune teller because they didn't know what to call her. But she wasn't really a fortune teller. She was a believer. She loved Yahweh. She was really poor. She just kind of hung around the university where the market was. And, and she kind of got a, a reputation for being known as she, she can tell your fortune kind of thing. The, the girls that were um, in my mom's class and stuff, she, they said, this girl went there and everything she said came true. And she said, I want to go. And my mom was like, I don't want to go. That sounds creepy or whatever. And so they were at the bus stop and that lady came and they recognized her. And I think that's that lady. And somehow, and she ended up getting her fortune and everything panned out basically. Like that she would be moving overseas, her and the friend that she was with, that both of them would move overseas, that my mom would have three kids, that all this, there was just so much of it. Now the with that, moving overseas was like a ridiculous thing to say. Nobody's going to, no, you don't get to move overseas. Like that, that does not happen. And especially two of you moving overseas, like that's far-fetched. Like even mom said back then, she was like, oh yeah, please, I wish. And both of them moved overseas. Like just so many things that she has three kids, all the, all the things she said. And so that's another one of those times that I remember just thinking of like, wow, they really, I think that there's something. You know, there there might be these these more more to Yahweh to this walk than what I've been led on to my whole life, and so um, and then the the last thing was a that these are the only things before entering into this kingdom life that I can just attribute like Yahweh leading me here, you know, like setting me apart. The last thing was I always had a sensitivity to Yeshua. Whenever I was a little, little tiny thing, you know, younger than Frank, my mom would always sing me this. Um, it was like a lullaby to Yeshua, basically, like as if they're singing to put Yeshua, like to sleep at night. And it kind of sounds weird, but um, anyway, it was like a lulai je yesu nyu, lulai je lulai. Anyway, so that... It gets me every time because I think of, I just, I bawled. Every time she sang it, I bawled. It became a joke. And I guess now that I'm older and realizing, I think just being sensitive to him, who he was, knowing him by the spirit before I even knew that I knew him by the spirit, but also the fact that that brings about his humanity, that he was a little baby that needed to be rocked to sleep in his mother's arms, that he, you know, cried and, you know, needed warmth, like just all, the, you think of Yeshua constantly as this stronger than life man, because he, he was God, you know, but just, he was, just had it all together, and he, he was tempted, and he was strong enough to withstand and all this stuff, but then whenever he, you get that side of him, it just, 
it just gets me, <laughs> just every single time. And so last, whenever I spoke after the bridge run, just down here about how, Yesh- or how Yahweh was, there was a softening of my heart back to Yeshua. And I think that a lot of us are feeling that right now. And I think that it was, don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not hating on any of like how we were so about Holy Spirit. I think that was so vital. I think that that was so vital that we harped so much on Holy Spirit because that was always an un, um, uh, not an un, it was, it was an untapped power that we, a lot of the church kind of ignores. You know, you, you have Yahweh and Yeshua and, and so much, so many times, uh, Holy, Holy Ghost is just left out. And so I think it was vital that that happened. But as mature kingdom people, we're recognizing that there is a place for all three, Yahweh, Yeshua, and Holy Ghost. There, there is, you know, we, coming back, being softened to, to Yeshua, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not going back to, you know, where we were. We're keep on moving forward and just bringing it all together. And that's so, so crucial that, you know, some of the things that even Mark's saying, it's not, it's not to go back to where we were. It's to continue moving forward in a greater revelation, you know, all encompassing, you know, fullness of all that. So, um, so anyway, and then the name, the name of Yeshua, that, that whenever, Whenever I came here, that was just one of the biggest eye-openers. I can't even tell you how much it meant to me to, to learn the names of Yahweh and Yeshua. I, you know, I think a lot of you know because I've said it, I was saved like a thousand times because I never felt like anything changed. I never felt, I prayed the prayer in the name of Jesus, and I just, I didn't feel any different. And it's not that it was the name of Jesus. I just, there was no relationship. Nothing seemed to change for me. And so, and then I went to, I went to Covenant Christian School for high school, and I just, you know, I had a Bible class, I learned, you know, all about Jesus and everything, and the name Jesus just always felt like there was just something, it was lacking depth, it was, there was something more on the other side of that, that I, I didn't even know to word that, or to even admit that, I just, there was something there in my spirit that was just kind of nagging. So whenever I came here and I heard, I heard this, I, and, I, and then I, because I, I didn't just jump right in, I was like, I had to know, make sure that this was like historical, that I won't just, you know, I, I wanted to, to make sure that this was a safe place, because I didn't know this place. I didn't know all you guys. I didn't know your, your stories, anything. And that was one of the first things I learned, so I needed to make sure that it was a safe, safe revelation, a safe place, and all that. And once I accepted that I mean I've, I've held on that is one of the most meaningful things to me is the names of Yahweh and Yeshua and I believe that for people that are skeptical or have a hard time letting go of just God and Jesus I don't understand why because not no offense I no hatred on that at all but I just feel like it's so important to him there's so many times in the Bible that it talks about his name that I don't understand if it means that much to him, why wouldn't it mean that much to you if you love him, you know, that just knowing that it's a true thing. But um, so anyway, so that's, that is pretty much that. And then let me see. <laughs> Go. Uh, oh, okay. So about, about Yeshua, I just, I think there's so much more that, you know, we still haven't, uh, haven't learned about, not learned, haven't been revealed about Yeshua, and I just, I've had this hunger lately to just go deeper, to get to know him more, and one of the things is, I don't know if you guys ever do this, but I I do like what-if scenarios in my head, and I just, I got, I kind of like go through it all, and I, I think about, you know, if I were living in that time with Yeshua, would I recognize him? Like, truly search my heart. For the most part, everybody here would be like, yeah, of course, I, we'd recognize him. We live by the Spirit. We hear and all this kind of stuff. But think about all the, all the people around you that you trust that have, you know, 
right hearts that have, you know, a that they've been living for Yahweh this whole time and they're telling you that that's not him or whatever, you know, would you be swayed? Would you know that you know that it's him or would you not? And so I think about that even further. What if, what if we turned on the news tomorrow and there is all of a sudden some, some man somewhere that claims to be Yeshua, claims to be the son of God and is doing all these ridiculous miracles and even kingdom people, even people that you trust are saying, that's him, that's him. Would you, like, would you truly, would you know that it was him or would you think, would you be able to identify an imposter? And that's kind of like where I'm at. I, I want to know you, Yeshua. I want to know my Savior. I don't want to just rely on what people say. I don't want to rely on what, you know, the miracles, because miracles can, you know, especially nowadays, there's crazy technology we probably don't even know about yet. They can make it look like whatever. And, you know, I don't want to be fooled. I've been walking this kingdom life. I've been having this heart for Yahweh. I don't want to be fooled in those times. And so I search my heart regularly. And I just give myself these ridiculous scenarios just to know, like, is my heart still right? Do I still have that desire to go deeper? Do I still have that desire to love him more and to to get more of him? And that was kind of what I ended up saying most of this message, if you can believe, about testing your heart. That's kind of where it led me because that's the theme that I have done pretty much my whole life. I test my heart. I honestly search it. And, you know, it's just me and Yahweh, and, you know, I, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Nobody knows I do it. I don't tell Mark I do it for the most part. But just along the ways, I always take a, take a moment and search what's in there and search if there's anything that's crept in that's not supposed to be in there. Search if there's any desires that have taken place above him. And, um, and anyways, for me, that is very, I'm going to go more on that, but, but, um, Honestly, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I knew because I have a Bible verse <laughs> to go along with this. So that's why I wanted to stop and not mess it up. But oh, there it is. I really don't have all this scripted, but I, um, I just wanted to have a rough draft. So in case I get, you know, I can't think of what to say. I can kind of keep going where Yahweh was leading me earlier, just so you'll know. Um, okay, so... Okay, so this is Psalm 120 or 139, 23, and 24. Yahweh, I invite your searching, and this is the Passion Translation. Yahweh, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. And see, to me, any path that you choose for yourself, anything that takes place, even if it's, you know, Hear me out, because a lot of the times the desires that are in your heart were placed by him. He knows those desires. He wants those for you. But if you start thinking of those more than you think of him, if those start making your focus more towards those things than to him, then you've missed it because those desires were always to glorify him. And if you just look at those, they won't do that. You're, you're going to be on your own in that. And so, you know, I just, I, 
I think that whatever path Yahweh has for me is always going to be better than the path that I choose for myself. Even if it, you know, I don't understand it sometimes. I know that he works all things for my good, even the struggles, even the things that I don't understand. I'm going to choose to praise him even when I have disappointments. And that's something that, you know, I said I, I do that continually before every single major life decision. And then just throughout, I have done that. Before, you know, whenever my... Our story with our getting married to Mark, um, we, I don't know if y'all know this, but we had we were dated for a little while before, and we broke up a couple of times. And you know, back then I had um, I had been in previous relationships where the people were just terrible to me, and I had developed a spirit of jealousy, and I had trouble with that. I really did. And um, eventually, whenever Mark and I were getting back together, and I just, well, no, 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 before this, we were not together at all, and I wanted to, I was running, and I was like, you know, Yahweh, you know my heart, you know that I want to be, you know, have a good husband, a good marriage, I desire all those things, and it just, I was like, you know what, I'm laying that down, I really am, I had an honest talk with him, and I said, Yahweh, I'm laying this down, this is for you, if you have this for me, great, if you don't, I will no longer, I'm no longer going to spend my efforts trying to figure it out, because I obviously have been pretty unsuccessful in the past with that. And so by doing that, I believe that I positioned myself to hear from him when he told me that Mark was my husband. Because at the time he told me that, that did not look like something that I thought would happen. I'll just say that. I just, I, you know, I would have missed it. I had an idea in my mind of how, you know, it was going to go and all this, all this stuff. And, and then when he told me that, I was like, okay, we're going to have to walk this out because, but if I had not, if I had not laid that down, I truly believe I would have missed it. I would have picked the wrong person because I had an idea of what it was going to look like, but Yahweh actually had an idea of what it was, what it was going to be. And what it was going to be was a million times better than what it looked like to me. And the things that I need, I mean, Truly, and this is just, you know, I'm not like bragging. I'm not trying to brag at all, but this is just the truth, and I, I'm so grateful. This is all Yahweh because he knows my heart. He knows his heart, and he knew that that was the joining that needed to be. But, you know, there were many things that I just, with the jealousy, I'll get back to the jealousy in a second, but the jealousy, the the previous times that we had dated, you know, like there was just this kind of baggage, and knowing now him knowing me all that whole walk we learned each other better than we ever could have imagined he knows me more sometimes whenever we're arguing and he proves me wrong about something and I'm not going to let it go because it's like and then he'll tell me he's like you don't even believe that anymore I can tell you don't even care about that you just don't want to let this go and so I'm like gosh you do you know me so well because he's literally my like everything that I need and more he's he's that for me and so you know I would have I would have not gotten that if I had not laid it down for Yahweh to pick up and restore, you know, and that's, that's, that's where I was getting to. Anytime that you lay something down for him, for him to redeem in his time, it's going to be that much better because it's going to glorify him because he did it for you. And it's going to be the original intent, what he wanted and not what you wanted. If you make it happen, you go, you know, great, but that's, that's on you. That's glory to you. You know, if, if you lay down those desires and say, Yahweh, you lead me. I'll move when you move. I won't move when you tell me not to move because this is about you. Then that's when, that's when all the glory goes to him and he's pleased in that. And he knows that he can trust you with those desires, you know. And so, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, but if, even that, if we don't get what we, you know, if it's a long road and we still don't have it, 
Don't let your lack, don't let the way that you think it should be cause any spite between Yahweh. Yahweh knows what's best. Trust him and look and be thankful. Mark talked about thankfulness. Thankfulness is one of the most powerful. I think that's what I'm talking about next, next Wednesday. But um, be thankful. Look at what you can have to be thankful for because that's what, that's what my grandmother did. You know, she was thankful for what she had in those times. And I believe that that sends some kind of positive, you know, not just positive energy, but it does something to you when you look for the good. It does something that will you won't get by looking for the bad and by being resentful and by becoming bitter. So just guard your heart from that. Don't, don't let your desires take over, take over that place that he's, only he is intended to have. And so he can trust you. Do, do, do. I think I'm almost, I'm getting close to being done. <laughs> um, okay, so, but... And Mark also talked about everything being a byproduct. And that's kind of the word that just keeps coming into my head, byproduct. Every time I get stuck on something, don't worry about it. It's just a byproduct. Yahweh's the focus. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Yahweh's the focus. And it just kind of helps you do that. But I think that searching your heart um, is, is vital because also when you identify, you have to identify the things that are keeping you from a closer degree of relationship with him. That's what we're all about here. We're, we're about going deeper with him because through that, we're going to see the mysteries. We're going to see all those, those, you know, crazy things that we desire. But if you try to get those things without going through Yahweh's relationship, it's, that's like witchcraft. You're not supposed to do that. You know, you have to enter in through him. And so you have to search yourself. What is it that that keeps you from him. And I just had a list. As I, was, as I was writing, he was just like spitting off these things. And so, but is it your talents? Is it your pride? Is it money? What about an entitled mentality? Do you feel like you're entitled to things? Like, you know, people should give me this or Yahweh should give me this because I, you know, deserve it or whatever. Or what about a poverty mentality? You know, I mean, those are, those are huge things. What about jealousy like I had? Fear? I just recently walked out of fear, you know, that, not even realizing that I was walking out in, in it for so long. I didn't. I, I just thought it was kind of like in the back of my mind, but I didn't really let it, you know, dictate a ton. But really, whenever I searched my heart and I found that that is truly a huge blockade to declaring Yahweh's goodness in my life because I'm too scared to fully admit it because I don't want him to test me and have me be an example like Job. I mean, it was just a, a true thing. I honestly did not realize how big of a hold that had in me until I examined myself and admitted that. And I think that whenever you admit those things, you gain a power over them. That you didn't, if you don't, if you're not willing to say those things over yourself, that you, know, that you have a problem with this, then you, you can never address them directly. But um, what about a desire to be recognized or admired? What about your calling? Is your calling, you know Yahweh told you to do this, but is that all of a sudden taking a place over him, even though he was the one that told you to do that? What about depression? You just don't care. You're just so sad you just don't care. Those things need to be addressed. It's not just, I just deal with this depression. I just have this. People, a lot of people have that. I mean, I know because I work in a doctor or worked in a doctor's office. I worked at a hospital. Everybody's on those medicines. Now, some people do it for anxiety. Some people do it for whatever. But those things can hinder you. And not say, I'm not saying get off your medicines. <laughs> Hear me out. But when you search your heart and you, and you realize, I do struggle with this, you know, lay that down at his feet. Say, Yahweh, help me with this. I know we pray in tongues, but verbally say it. You know, if you, if you ask, he's, he, he wants to know 
you know, he wants you to come to him. Just like children or just like parents want their kids to come to them and trust them that they are, you know, for them and, and have their best interests at heart. You know, ask him, help me with this. Speak over yourself. That we're not beyond that. I still speak over myself about a lot of things. Speak over it. And I, I truly believe because I've seen it happen with the jealousy and I've seen it happen with the fear that one day after doing those things, it will be gone. I don't deal with those things. I literally do not deal. I have for, it's been since, since before we got married, that jealousy thing was struck down in a way, a supernatural way that I, I did not think I'd ever be free from that. Because it was like, who are you texting? Who are you calling? You know, like, and it was like, he's like, my mom, you know. And it was, and honestly, most of the time, I didn't even say it to him. It was, it was never like a, it was like I always internalized it. And like, he's probably not, you know, this or that. Like, always, because it was just something that I dealt with from baggage from my past. And a lot of people have these things, you know, one way or another. But by speaking over myself over and over and over, asking Yahweh, there was just one day that I woke up and I realized I do not deal with that at all, at all. And the fear thing too, the fear thing, once in a while, that will like almost try to creep in. And I said, no, that does not have a place in me. Yahweh, you, you, have, you fill every corner of my heart. That fear cannot touch me. And I recite that to myself and I pray in the spirit and it's gone. And so I just, I encourage you, whatever you're dealing with, nothing's too big for Yahweh to deal with. And the whole point, well, let me do the rest of these because I don't want to be unfaithful, you know, unfaithful to say what he wanted me to say. But um, depression, you know, these things are what's hindering you from being in a closer relationship with Yahweh. Your difficult situation or a burden of what's going on in the world. Do you consume yourself with what's going on in the world? And, um, and that, see, that was my thing just recently, too. I'm just laying it all out there. <laughs> you know, I just got all these problems. But I, I, um, I found out that I... I did. I didn't. I didn't watch the news, but I would scroll through Instagram, and I guess like after you click a couple things, then it tells you all of the things that are like that. And it, I got into conspiracy theories, theories. I got into all these things about just what's going on in the world. And Mark would even be like, "You need to get off that." And I'd be like, "Yeah, I know, but this is just so interesting." And and eventually, I was like, "You know, I know this is my tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is what's. I'm not allowed to touch this." And some people are. I'm not saying, like, everybody has their own walk. Some people are meant to be knowing about those things because they're actually meant to cause change in those realms. Me, I didn't ever feel caused, I didn't even ever feel called to change those things. I just felt like I'm taking on this burden to carry, and I don't know what to do with it. And so I got, I got rid of it, and honestly, I can tell you, you got to listen. Whenever, whenever you know that Holy Spirit's tugging on you to get rid of something that's in your life that's not supposed to be there, do it. You won't regret it. It might be hard at first because you're like, oh, I just really want to scroll or I'm at the stoplight. I want to like, I want to get on there. I want to see what's happening in people's lives because I feel so disconnected. But what happened is I end up, I end up, not every night, sometimes I forget, but sometimes I'll just go on there and just scroll through what people are doing. And by that time I'm tired and I just put it down and I don't have time to scroll through the extra stuff, you know, the stuff that I was not intended to look at. So, but then there's another one that, uh, Bible verse that went along really nice with the tree of that. Anyway, so it is Philippians 4, 6 through 8, and it says, In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, under Yahweh. <laughs> and the peace of Yahweh, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Yeshua the Christ. So basically, all that... Um, 
all that guard your heart and thoughts. That was the main part, actually. But, you know, guard your heart and your thoughts, what you let in. And some, everybody's different, and this is the thing. Some people are not affected by the things that other people are affected by. You can't judge your, their walk by your walk. They are not the same person. Yahweh speaks to those people differently than he does to you. And, but for, identify what those things are in your life and guard yourself from that. If you know you're not supposed to be meddling in that, don't let yourself go there. You know, because the ultimate, all this is about getting closer to Yahweh because he will provide everything you need. And if those things hinder it, it ain't worth it. So, um, basically, I think, whatever's, yeah. I said what, the last part earlier, so I think I am, I am done. But I really thank you guys so much for hearing me out. I feel like I was so unworthy to be up here because it's just, this is just my, my story, and I know that there's so much more revelation coming through other people and everything, but it was just the basics of what, what I always come to, what always has shaped my life and allowed me to go further. And I think that sometimes we forget about those things, and we forget the, we forget the, the, just simplicity of it. You know, Yahweh just wants you to love him, talk to him, be with him. And through that, he will show you everything else. He will show you the mysteries. He will show you those, you know, crazy things that you desire. But always, always stir yourself. Have that desire to know him more. Have the desire to tell him, Yahweh, I want more of you. Like that song says, close is not close enough. I recite that all the time. I sing that all the time in my, in my house to myself. Close is not close enough. Everywhere I've been, everything I've done with you, all the things that you've done for me in the past, Yahweh, they, I don't want, I want more. I don't want to just stay at that. I want more. I want to keep going on. I want new testimonies because that shows me that I'm continuing to grow, grow closer to you. And I hope that that is the desire of all of our hearts, that we may know him more and more every single day. Every year that passes, we can be closer to him. And thank you so much. I want to just close with thanking Yahweh that he chose me to know him. He chose me to walk this walk with him. He chose me to reveal those secrets of his name, of his, of everything that Apostle Ball has taught us and that is that we are still being taught today. Everything. Thank you so much, Yahweh. May I never forget how, how to be thankful to you. May I never think that I am above not searching my heart. May I never forget that you, Yahweh, want me more than I even want you. So, Yahweh, we love you. We thank you. May you be on our minds and our hearts at all hours of the day. In Yeshua's name, amen.